0: Good morning, morning. grateful to see all your smiling faces here today, Um, wonderful atmosphere of worship uh, during our singing of praise and worship a little bit earlier and time of offering and all the announcements and we're grateful for all the things that uh, the church as a whole is doing to be united and come together to. Uh, empower each other and embolden each other to do the work of jesus to our community um we are in our red letter challenge and continuing uh through that process we're so grateful uh throughout this past week um for uh, all of you who attended uh, the connection groups and uh aided one another and encouraged one another through your red letter challenge and uh Even on Facebook, some of you posting some things uh, that you are going through and dealing with that the Red Letter Challenge is actually challenging you. It's amazing when something named Challenge is a challenge, and it's uh, really encouraging to see uh, people joining together. And it's amazing as a church as a whole uh, for us to go through this together because in times past, we've done things together where the, sometimes the youth group would be teaching the same material sort of kinda that we was upstairs. Uh, and sometimes the children's church would be doing the same things that we as the adult church would be doing. Uh, but this is the first time that I can remember that uh, we as a church-wide group are doing at The children's church are going through Red Letter Challenge. The youth group's going through Red Letter Challenge. And adults, we're going through Red Letter Challenge and the connection groups of the church our red letter challenge. So it's pretty amazing to be on a single purpose and single mission and uh, seeing the fruit of that labor. The Bible says that you'll know them by their fruit, and hopefully we're fruitful as people, the people of God and doing what he calls us to do. And uh, it's really amazing just to hone in on the red letters of Jesus and look at the words he was speaking to us as a whole and uh, when Jesus was here to teach us. And his words are important. Uh, his words are uh, bread, the bread of life to us. So we need to pay particular attention. Uh, not that we're giving up on the black letters because the whole Old Testament is black letters, so we can't do away with them. We have to have them for our learning and education too. But the red letters are really important that Jesus spoke with clarity and with preciseness to the issues that people are facing and going to face. So we're grateful for those red letters and how that they apply to us. Um we did go as a church uh several of us this past week also uh this week was full for Leslie and myself we had a, every night of the week was something planned uh from last week and uh, we we went through the whole week with every night something on the agenda something on our calendar to go do and uh, been a really busy week uh we did a uh, 10 red letter challenge ourselves and uh I went to Sammy's down at uh He holds his at the uh, Vanceburg campus, and it was on Wednesday night. It was really good seeing uh, Sammy Holder uh, be a teacher at school, uh, but also uh, use his gifting to come together with the church and lead a group. And it's amazing to watch him as uh, a young man just just out of college, just recently married this past year, and uh, becoming involved in church, and to watch him uh, use his gifting to the church. And I sat there in amazement because just uh, watching him because he was so nervous. He, he talked about how that he was afraid even all week leading up to the, to the uh, Red Letter Challenge Connection group and leading it, how that he was worried about even praying at the end of it and worrying about would he say something stupid during his prayer and uh, how that is for us. Sometimes we say some things maybe that don't make sense in praying, but God listens to all of us in all that we say and all that we ask. And he knows what's best for us. And it's amazing listening to Sammy talk about that and how that he was afraid of saying something dumb during his prayer. Uh, but he stood up at the end and led us in prayer, and it was awesome. And there was nothing dumb about it. And if there was something dumb about it, God would have forgiven him anyway, right? So it was amazing to watch him go through that. And he did a really good job. I was, uh, I was really encouraged because he even got John to talk. His father-in-law. And you know, it's hard to get your father-in-law to talk sometimes. And and uh, he, uh, he pulled some uh, wisdom out of John, so it's amazing for John to get to speak even during his son-in-law's uh, leading a church group. So if you don't atti- haven't attended one this past week, be sure and get out. Just like Leslie said, it's so important to stay connected. And it's encouraging to get together and see that other people are facing the same battles we're facing. And uh, just getting to sit in that group with my brother, Howie, uh, talking during that, because Howie usually don't talk much. He mumbles a lot, but he don't talk much. And he even mumbled a little bit (laughs) during the group uh, down there uh, Wednesday night. It was amazing to get to listen to him. And some of the stuff he's facing is some of the stuff I'm facing. And it was encouraging for us to be together. And uh, all the groups were well attended last week. Every group uh, just messaged us and told us uh, that they had people attending their their, uh, connection group and that the connections were made. And I loved it that Ryan went to Sister Joanne's and uh, Ernie and Karen was there and, and others, Betty and uh, Sister Rose and them, and, and Ryan's like, it's pretty cool to be the youngest person. So he, he was the young guy at the old age club, uh, but it was awesome to just join together and even, even to bridge generational gaps. And, and that's one of the things about naming the name bridge is when we come up with that was just the, the connecting point that bridge, when you build a bridge, it builds, it connects two things. And whether that be generations or ethnic groups or uh, diversity in income, and just the bridge needs to be a place that we can connect to others that might not be just like us. And that's what I love about our church here is that just everybody's invited, everybody's welcome, everybody will get a hug when you come in or when you leave. And it's so important to be a church that connects uh, people together, and that's what them connection groups has been doing. we uh, did attend a event in Moorhead this past week too, and it was a church security uh, meeting and a training seminar type thing. That There's a big church over in Moorhead. It started about 12 years ago. They have about 1,200 people attend their church, so it's a really, really big church uh, for our rural Kentucky area. And uh, they got a campus in Grayson too. But we went to the one in Moorhead, the home campus for them, and uh, Pretty cool for them because they've got a a FBI, retired FBI agent in their congregation. So I I don't think we have a Secret Service person here. Maybe we do, maybe we don't. I don't know if we are, they're really secret about it because nobody's told me they're an FBI agent. Maybe we got one of them in the house that we don't know about. But this guy come to the church, attended the church and uh, set up a security team and and how to go about all that. And we know this past uh, two weeks ago that there was a church shooting on a Sunday morning at a church out in texas and uh we seen that on news and and how important it is for us to have security here so we did uh listen to them and one of the things they did mention in there was to, to lock the door during the service so that if somebody does come uh later that it's not a free pass entry so uh, we're going to do that we're going to lock the church doors and uh if somebody comes and knocks on the door and needs in and wants in and is here for the right reason, then we'll let them in. Uh, but even if they come early, we're going to be watchful. We're going to uh, have our eyes open. And this is nothing new for us. I want to tell you this, that for the past several years, we've had multiple people in the congregation that has been uh, went through concealed carry training. And we do. There's people in the room right now concealing. Uh, weapons in the house, so uh, I encourage it. I don't want to open carry. They did tell us over at that church, not everybody can just come in with a big holster on your side and all of us with an AR wrapped around our neck or nothing like that. But it wouldn't hurt to have a pack of weapon in here if you got concealed carry. Uh, we as a church welcome that, but uh, know that uh, we are going to assemble a team and uh, we're going to, we're going to do better at being more mindful about it. We've, we've done it in the past, but we can be better. We can always be better, right? So as a church, we're gonna read through some of those things and create security plans. And part of that is uh, first aid CPR too, because kids downstairs, I mean, literally, you know how kids are, they're goober heads, right? So kids tend to get hurt more than adults. I ain't saying no adult in the room can't get hurt, but, uh, Little kids bouncing down the steps. Leslie says it's awesome whenever you go back there, especially here at Kentucky Heights campus, that you see the kids running, and, you know, you'll tell them, go slow down the steps, and they bounce and topple on their head and end up landing down at the landing down there. And they they all make it downstairs somehow, but they'll go really fast. and It's wonderful, uh, you know, that accidents happen, and and they could get hurt on anything. And uh, we want to be better about that as a church and making sure all of our plug-ins are got the little things in the nurseries and just the simple stuff it matters and matters as a church so it's really cool to get to go through that and we're going to get better and we welcome you to that team if you want to be a part of it uh, we will have some uh, drills and different stuff that we'll do as a group doing that so if you're interested in anything like that as far as a security team uh, get with us and we'll be glad to uh, let you do it we're, we're going to have to do something with the door as far as people uh like at Mansburg campus more than here you got windows here to look through but uh, to get like a doorbell ringer and uh, the ring thing or whatever it's called where it could be on somebody's phone or something. Um, So be mindful of that. Um, Welcome back to the Red Letter Challenge. We're on day 12 of our 40 day challenge to put Jesus' words into practice. Many in this room are following along in their workbook, uh, workbook that looks like this. We've got some back there in the back still. If you're interested, grab one uh, for your family. We're grateful to be able to do this together and many in the room are following in that already and going through the workbook and challenging each other. And we're meeting weekly in, in home groups and church groups to discuss it. And throughout this process, we went through the uh, initial part of it that talks about uh, an overview of all of it. So it prepped us for what's gonna be coming for five full weeks. And that first week we looked at uh, those five principles that Jesus calls and commands and asks his followers to put in practice in this Red Letter Challenge. So, let's go through those five principles really quickly and uh, talk about them just a little bit. Uh, Those five principles are these. First is being. So, Jesus talked about being. Being with God. Being one with him. Communicating with him. Praying fasting, having devotion times, and all these uh, things that seem pretty simple and seem pretty basic but yet are so important. So Jesus really uh, believed that uh, communing with God and all the time through the New Testament, if you read through the Gospels of Jesus, you'll see that he would go away. He would would not just hang around his disciples 24-7 all the time. He would oftentimes tell them, go ahead, cross over the water. I'm going to stay here for a little bit, and I'll meet you on the other side. So Jesus wants communion with his Heavenly Father, just like that he was showing us a pattern for what we need in our life. So being with God is important. It's first and foremost. Uh, We can't do other things that we want to do because we're not prepared for them because we haven't spent time with God. So these things that Jesus points out, number one, being. We studied that all last week, and the Red Letter Challenge was all about this previous last week that we just went through. was about being, about fasting, about those things, about how to pray. And I love the part in there about when uh, I forget what day it was that I think it was Tuesday or Wednesday when it talked about that being with God and how to pray is that people uh, basically like uh, Sammy was talking about. Sometimes we feel like, well, that's stupid. Or, that that sounded dumb, or I don't know if I can ask God that. I don't know if that's kosher. Uh, but really, uh, just like you love being around your kids, God loves being around us. So whenever your kids come over, or maybe. Your kids are older and moved out, and they come back home. If they come back home, and maybe they say something stupid, you don't like, Man, I wish they'd have never even come over. You're just happy that they come over. And maybe you got little bitty kids, and maybe they'll ask you stupid questions. You know, Brantley, he's at that age, I'm sure that he's asking him and Lim, is why? Everything you tell them, you tell them something, right, Brandon, and they'll say, Why? It's like, How many whys do I have to answer in my life? I love kids when they're at age that they're asking why because they're inquisitive they want to know right so uh, you don't say well that's dumb why ask why it's just that way you try to explain to them right that our heavenly father is the same way that if we ask him something even though it sounds stupid or dumb to us he's been through that before he's had kids like that before and there's bible says there's nothing new under the sun that everything that goes on has always went on, and God knows how to deal with issues. So, whenever you come and pray to Him, don't worry about it if you say something stupid, and don't worry about it if you're mad. There's times that we're mad at God. He understands that. Have you ever been mad at your parents? Has your parents ever? Uh, condemned you for being mad at them no they want to nurture you back to the point where that you uh, come back to the fold that you love them back right so god our heavenly father is that way with us he wants us to be with him even though sometimes we don't even know what to say number two is forgiving everybody say forgiving number three is serving everybody say serving number four is giving everybody say giving number five is going everybody say going nobody said going you wasn't in unison you need to be in unison everybody say going okay that's better so if we read the red letters of jesus if we study the red letters of jesus if we really look intently upon what he's saying these five principles are what will come out in the messages jesus taught the most about topics so, these are really good for us to hear and to reiterate and to restudy a little bit about. So, this week is week two. We're going into week two with this as far as the second stage of this. So, sure, we've learned about being and we've learned about those things. And it's even encouraged me that uh, I've been saved for 20 years. I uh, talked about that last week. And, and I've been in church for over 20 years now. And uh, I was telling somebody at work that I've. I've been saved so long that I forgot what it was like to be lost. And that's that's a good feeling, but at the same time, I don't ever want to get to the point that I think I've arrived, that I've made it, that I've succeeded at this thing called life because I literally mess up all the time. Anybody say amen? We all mess up. It don't matter how long we've been in church. It doesn't matter how long we've been at this battle of life. You're going to mess up. But in this being, it's encouraging to go back through these steps to, to really know that, that my devotion time is important, that my, my time that where I'm praying is really important, that my Bible reading is important, that all these stages that it's taken us to, that fasting right now, that man Leslie's been fasting. Uh, we aren't doing it as much this year that we're on this 40-day challenge with this red letter challenge. We haven't been doing the Daniel fast in total, but we have given up sweets, and I would really love some sweets about right now. Day 12 in this thing, I'm telling you, even this morning, my belly was growling uh, coming up the road. Uh, I'll eat honey and that kind of stuff, a natural thing here or there, but it's still different than a real good piece of peanut butter pie or something. I, I would love to have something really sweet. It would be good. So uh, regurgitating those things, going through those, and, and just being with God and communing with God is so important. And uh, it's, he wants to be with you more than you want to be with him. Bible says he first loved us before we loved him. And he is really chasing after you. He's really uh, chasing you down. He's following after you, and he wants to be with you. He wants you to be around just like you want your kids to come and show up at your house. So as I'm thinking about this red letter challenge and this message today, I'm wanting to build a bridge between week one and week two, that this is a service that connects two things. So a bridge is connecting these two things, and I want us to go from being with God, because it's good to be with God. It's good to have communion with God. It's good to pray. It's good to read your Bible. It's good to uh, do these things that they're challenging us to do. But also, it should connect us to the point of doing something. And in the message uh, that uh, preacher that wrote this book, he, he talked about how that uh, you know, it'd be like uh, just staying in your house reading your Bible all the time. And I know Christians that are like this, that they always are about God's business as far as this, this house and this church and these type of things, but they never actually go out in the community and do anything. And I believe as a church, it's important for us to come in here, learn, commune, be together, go to connection groups, those type of things. But we shouldn't be so churchy that nobody in the world knows who we are or what we stand for or what we uh, believe or how we uh, profess or how we uh, serve others. So the reason to come here is to learn. The reason to go out there is to serve. And as a church, it's important for us to do both of those things. We shouldn't just learn all the time and never serve. And we shouldn't serve all the time and never learn. If we do both of those things, we will have enough God to pour out when we get outside the walls. So the reason we come here is to fill our gas tank up, if you want to say it that way, our spiritual gas tank. And then when we go out in the world throughout the week, that we meet other people, that we have something to give out. So it's important to receive so we can give. And this bridge between being and forgiving is something that I want to talk about today. So if we look back through where the guy took this from in in the the Sermon on the Mount, and end of it, Jesus says, you know, don't just hear these words, but be a doer of these words and follow out these words, to act on these words. But if you go back and proceed that uh, Sermon on the Mount, you'll see that that whenever Jesus comes out and we know that he was born of a virgin, we know that he, at age 12 he's there and he gets lost and family comes back and gets him. And, and that's about the last thing we know of him until uh, he shows back up on the scene at 30 years old. So there's a lot of years there that we don't have a lot of uh, things in the Bible that tells us about things that Jesus did. We know he was a carpenter, so he worked uh, in his profession. He actually was a worker. He wasn't uh, a deadbeat. So he... Uh, lived this life, and he was going through this process of learning. So he, he was all God, but yet he was born as a man. And we have in Matthew chapter 3 that, that Jesus comes, and he's baptized by this guy named John the Baptist. And actually, John the Baptist is this person that's somewhat kin to Jesus, and he comes up to him, and, and John's sitting there preaching a message about repentance. You need to repent, and you need to be baptized And John's preaching and as he's preaching this day, Jesus walks down off the hillside and as Jesus comes down, uh, John understands and gets a revelation. This is the Christ. This is the Messiah. And and whenever Jesus goes out in the water and Jesus comes out to this baptism of repentance and think about this, this Jesus was perfect. Scripture tells us that he had never sinned. Jesus lived his whole entire life on this planet with no sin. And there's this guy preaching a message about repentance, and Jesus comes walking out in the water. And John says, I ain't worthy to loose your sandals. I ain't worthy to baptize you. I can't baptize you. Why would I be able to do that? I'm, I'm, I'm a sinner. I I'm, have faults. I have failures, right? And how can I do anything for God? So whenever Jesus comes around, God showed up. And John tells him, I can't do it. And Jesus said, you've got to do it because it's got to fulfill all things. Jesus said, you're going to baptize me whether you like it or not. And sometimes God calls us to do things that sometimes we think, I'm not holy enough. I'm not righteous enough. I'm not pure enough to do those things. And I thank God that people like Sammy and and, and Cindy and some of the ones leading these connection groups, they, they feel inadequate as far as teaching or leading a group. But that's just exactly what God wants us to do. If you're with him, you'll do things that you normally wouldn't do, that you think you're not capable of doing. So John the Baptist thought, I can't baptize God. Any of you want that task? What if Jesus walked up to you today and said, no, I know you're such a holy person, and I'm really looking at your life, and I had to choose one person to, to baptize me, and today's the day. I want to be baptized by you. We'd be like, what? Are you serious? No, I can't do that. We would tell him no, wouldn't we? But John did it because Jesus said to do it. And when you're with God, you'll do things that you didn't think was possible. So when you're being with Jesus, he'll cause you to do things that you wouldn't normally do. And Jesus is baptized by him, and when Jesus is baptized by him, he... he, immediately straightway comes up out of the water and we know the story that the that the dove comes and and god speaks and says this my beloved son and am well pleased and and john's standing there with jesus just recently baptized and and all of you that's been through a water baptism ceremony understand and know the importance of it and uh, it's symbolic it doesn't really uh, do anything physically but there's something spiritual really does happen during water baptism and i believe in it wholeheartedly that it's so important for us and and, and it, it really connects us to God in a way that maybe we didn't before. It doesn't save us, but it just makes us feel a whole lot better about announcing it and proclaiming it and becoming whole in that way. So Jesus comes up out of the water and it says straightway that, you know, the Spirit spoke and the Father, or the Spirit came and the Father spoke. And then it says that Jesus went into the wilderness. So he goes into the wilderness. So he's beginning his ministry. And you need to see this, that as Jesus goes away into this wilderness, he goes into the desert. And he goes into the desert 40 days fasting. So 40 days is what we're doing in a red letter challenge. And Jesus goes in and he's been through 30 years of life. He's made yokes for oxen as a carpenter he's probably built houses he's done a lot of things and i'm sure he was with his dad and and joseph and he probably spent a lot of time with his mom and he he, he understood and learned a lot of things he had went in the synagogue he had made trips to jerusalem during the during the uh, annual feast and those things and he learned a lot of things but now it's time to not only be in communion with god it's something time to do something for god so Jesus is at this moment, and he's, he's called away, and the Spirit pulls him into this wilderness experience where he fasts for 40 days. And whenever he goes into this fast, how many of you have ever fasted? It's, it's hard, man. It's, I'm telling you, my belly's growling right now. And going to Gaddy's, getting a salad sounds real good, but I'd rather go eat their cinnamon sticks. I'll tell you that right now. That'd be even more awesome. But whenever you're fasting, it's like we do it to get closer to God, don't we? That's the purpose and the intent of it always is to fast, to, to get closer to God, to hear God. I always tell everybody it's like fine tuning the radio. Anybody got one of them old radios still that you, every now and then, I want to listen to the ball game in Lewis County and WKKS? And the only radio we got in the house is one of the old ones that you got to twist the knob on. And man, you really got to fine tune it. You know what I'm talking about. If there's another radio station close by, it's got the same number. You're like, oh man, I can hear it a little bit, but not real all the way. And then that's what fasting does. I believe is it fine tunes us to hear from God. But at the same time, when God begins to do something, who else shows up? Amen. The enemy. He don't like it that you're fasting. The devil is mad when you begin to fast or pray or read or do discipleship. The enemy always shows up. So in Matthew chapter 3, Jesus is getting baptized by John. And immediately straightway, he's called into the wilderness. He goes in here for 40 days fasting, water only, in a desert. That don't sound like a good place to go if you're only going to be able to drink water. Amen. Don't go to the desert if you're thirsty. That don't make any sense. But it's where he goes. And as he goes into this desert, it, the Bible in Matthew chapter 4 talks about how the, the devil's talking to him and telling him, you know, you're hungry, and talks to him about, won't you do this, and I'll give you bread. And Jesus is like, no, the, you know, the breads are the word of God. And Jesus always quotes back Scripture to combat what the enemy is telling him. What if we, as Christians today, were versed enough in Scripture that when the enemy comes to us, even during our times of trying to get closer to God, and I assure you, during this 40 days, the enemy wants to do nothing but tear this church apart. He wants to tear us apart. He wants to disconnect us. And as he's doing those things, we got to have the word of God to combat what the enemy wants to do. Well, my mom believes it. It's truth. If Jesus was tried by the devil, and he's God, do you not think the devil wants to sift you as wheat? Do you not think that the enemy of your soul wants to go to God and tell just like he did with Job, I've been searching all up and down the streets and I'm trying to find somebody and you, 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 just, you just got special treatment for that poor old Job. And God said, well, go try him. Right? You know the story. It's the same way with you and I. When we begin to get close to God, the enemy don't like it, so immediately he goes and says, I want to try him. Give me a chance at him, God. And God's like, go ahead. I know who they are. I know they love me. Have at it. So as the enemy comes, what are you to do? What Jesus did. Because if you're being with God, it'll cause you to have the words to combat the enemy when the enemy tries you. And what do we need as humanity more than anything? Forgiveness. Jesus didn't need forgiveness. He had never sinned. But here he is. He's still in communion with God. He's still still going and going to John the Baptist that's preaching about repentance. And Jesus didn't have to repent about nothing. He'd never done anything wrong. And he goes and repents too. How many in this room need to go ask God for repentance? Repentance. Amen? I've been wrong, God. I've done wrong. I've not been the person I was called to be, and I've messed up, and I've, I've fell short. But guess what? The Bible says we have an advocate with the Father, and He prays for us. Jesus is praying for you today. He's acting on your behalf. He's your lawyer. He's your attorney in heaven that goes to the Father that says, Yes, they did this, but guess what? My blood covers their sin." We need to ask for that forgiveness and repentance. And when we do, we're going to come into this relationship with God that we're being with him. And then we go into the wilderness type experience. We go through a 40-day red letter challenge. And guess what? We're going to be uh, attacked from the front by the enemy to say, I don't want them being challenged. He don't want you to do the red letter challenge. He don't want you to get connected. He don't want you to have people that's praying with you and around you and for you. He don't want you to be connected in your church. and He doesn't want generational gaps to go for where the teenagers are. Or, or Ryan's almost a teenager. Going to the old people club. He don't want age groups connecting. Why? Because it always, uh, we always have separation points that we don't connect to other groups. It's not like us. It's, it's awesome that God connects things that others can't. So this bridge between being and forgiving, Jesus goes into the wilderness. And when he comes out of the wilderness, he's not like he went in the wilderness. How long has it been since you went through a 40-day challenge or 40-day discipleship or 40-day fast or something and you came out different than you went in? So Jesus comes out of this wilderness experience and it says that he goes down by the Sea of Galilee and as he goes down, he begins to get disciples. He had never had a disciple before. So he come out different than he went in. He combated the enemy and told the enemy, I I don't need the kingdoms of this world because I'm of a kingdom that you don't even know about. And and the devil tried to tell him. I took him up on a high mountain and said, look at all this. If you'll worship me, you can have all this. Jesus already had all this Anyway. He said, I'm not about the kingdoms of this world. I'm I'm about a whole other kingdom, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. So as Jesus comes out of this 40-day discipleship different than he went in, he he begins to challenge himself, and he he gets these disciples, and he gets Peter, and he gets Andrew, and he gets all these people to follow him. He's 12 disciples. And we know through Scripture that we see these 12 disciples, that they're people that need forgiveness. Amen? Have you ever read the New Testament? And you see that these guys that Jesus picks up, it's people like Brandon. He's the guy that picked on his little brother all the time. Poor little Dusty. Poor little Dusty. People like Ryan. It's people, you know, it's just Jesus is taking these guys on. And as they begin to get close to him, guess what? The closer we get to people, the more faults we see in those people. Amen? Amen. Because as we're around each other and we see each other and we're around people and we think looking from a distance, it looks like, man they got it all like. Greg and Donna, they just got it all together. He's got a good job over the shop. She's got a good job and they, they're pretty successful and they, they got good grandkids and kids, and it's just their lives all together. Go hang out with them for about a week or a month or something, you'll figure out pretty quick. Greg and Donna's got some faults. Isn't it amazing that as humans, people's got faults? And the closer we get to people, the more we have to forgive people. Amen? So Jesus gets in these relationships with these 12 dudes, and the closer they get, the more tight-knit they get, the more he's got to forgive them. Can you imagine getting aggravated at somebody? Maybe you don't have any friends you've ever got aggravated with. Jesus had to, I'm sure he got frustrated with some of these whack jobs. You know, it's like, I'm going to find new friends. Maybe they won't have many faults. Maybe I won't have to forgive them. He can he just put them aside and say, I'll go find a new disciple. And it comes all the way to the end of the ministry of Jesus here on this earth. And he's, he's going this last day and he has this great last supper. And sitting there, it's like, man, kumbaya. And we're all singing. Oh, and angels are over him, you know, like the picture. And Jesus leans over. And he says, somebody's here that's going to betray me. One of the ones here, one of my disciples, one of the ones I've chosen, one of my closest friends is going to betray me. And it says he leans over. It's like Judas, go go do what you must do and do it quickly. How many of you, if you knew right now somebody in this room was going out and hiring a hitman to kill you, would lean over, tell him, say, "Man, I love you. I know you got to do it. Just go ahead and go get it done." what Jesus did that's how forgiving he is and think about that for you and I we feel like man I fail you God on a daily basis I fail you on on he forgave Judas that sold him for 30 pieces of silver he forgave Judas for even giving in and allowing the enemy to take total control of his life so, I'm asking you today if Jesus forgave like that, if we can build a bridge from being with God to forgiving, imagine what we'll be able to do. The closer we get, the more connected we are. Imagine what we would be able to do if we would forgive. Forgiveness is hard, forgiveness is not easy. And I'm telling you right now if you've not been with God, it's harder to forgive. If you haven't prayed, If you haven't studied, if you haven't had communion with God, it's really hard to forgive sometimes. Can anybody say amen? Amen. Has humanity let you down? Absolutely. They always will. They did Jesus. But he forgave them anyway. Jesus hanging on the cross, very last minutes of his life, stretched out, pierced, beaten, crown of thorns, all that was happening and Jesus looks down and says Father hold their sins against them they're so awful I can't believe that he did this to me he says Father forgive them for they don't even know what they're doing and what if we as Christians would be forgiving like that because if we're going to be like Jesus we've got to be like Jesus I'm praying that this week you're going to come in to contact people that you don't even like. Amen? Amen. Maybe maybe all of you are just perfect and don't have anybody you don't like. Maybe you're not like me. There's people I don't like being around. You know the people. You go down the aisle way at the grocery store, and you got to get away from them. You hide, and you go around the corner the wrong way. and It's like, oh, I don't even want to see them. <laughs> Amen. I'm praying this week you meet them face to face in the center of the aisle. That God will cause them to be right in front of you. That you have to forgive them even when you don't want to. Because you've been with God so much, I'll even forgive my enemies. I'll even forgive those people that despitefully use me. I want want to forgive like Jesus forgave. I want to forgive even the ones that hurt me. Maybe it's somebody who's really close to at one point in your life you feel like they let you down and you don't want to and but the more you commune with jesus the more you know i have to let it go i want to be a forgiving person i want to be known as a person that forgives i want to be known as a person that gives in and takes the high road rather than the low road how about you let's all stand At the bridge, we want to lead the charge with forgiveness because that's what God did did for us. Somebody got to lead the charge, and we want to be the family of faith-filled, big-thinking followers of Jesus Christ. That's who we want to be. So if you'll bow your head and close your eyes. I want us all to think about this. That God would allow us to have so much communion with Him. That we're so in relationship with Him. That we would be an extended of His forgiveness. That He would be able to offer forgiveness through us to others. That they could see Christ through us. The hope of glory. I want everybody in this room to pray with me. Everybody say, Heavenly Father. I come to you in Jesus name. I'm asking you to forgive me for my faults, for my sins, for my failures and help me to extend that forgiveness to others. Help me to be the salt and the light that you've called me to be to this earth so that I may make heaven my home and I could be in communion with you forever in heaven, in Jesus' name. Amen.